0: It is good to see you on this Christmas Eve Eve. And so we would like to start by singing number 199 in our hymn book. 199. We'll stand together and sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Allen, would you open us in prayer, please?
1: strong when we're weak. Thank you for being our Savior. And thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: amen. Amen. Well, turn with me to number 211 for our next song, 211. We'll re- sing this one as we remain seated. Number 211. our announcements. Our next meeting will be Wednesday at 7 for our midweek prayer and Bible study and then Friday at 7 30 cottage prayer meeting at Mr. Creech's house. Don't forget to, Lord willing next Sunday night will be our watch night service and that will take place at the normal time at 7 o'clock but at 8 o'clock if you bring finger foods and all that good stuff down in the cafeteria we will have food and fellowship until you just run out of gas. And uh, or food, whichever comes first, or fellowship. You know, you, you might get tired of seeing one another before the new year starts. But uh, at any rate, we're we're going to have a watch night service uh, in the cafeteria. Um, also, check the card box. Um, you want to make sure that you get all the cards out of the box. Um, it's uh, still got quite a few in there, and uh, it, the the season is just. Uh, the box is going to be removed within a week or so after after tonight. So you want to make sure you get all your cards. You never know what's in there. Uh, you might be missing some, a, a great treat. So be sure to get those cards out. I think that's all the announcements that I have. Our prayer, our short-term prayer list remains the same as it was this morning. So we trust that you've gotten a copy of that. And so I'd like to ask the men to come at this time, and we'll receive our evening offering. <clears throat> Brother Joe, would you ask the blessing on the offering?
1: Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to gather here, Lord, especially.
2: Of grace, a cup of pain, a stream of blood to wash your stain, a triumph. is always this to celebrate
0: Well, Kathy played the next song that we're going to sing, number 220, We Three Kings. And we want to sing the first and the second, then the chorus, then the third verse, then the chorus, and then fourth and fifth in the chorus. So we're going to sing the chorus three times. Got five verses, sing the chorus three times. One, two, chorus, three, chorus, four, five, chorus. Easy. Got it? 220. <laughs>
1: tonight, and we want to turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, we want to begin reading at verse 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field Stop reading there and look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for um, so many who have come out tonight. What a blessing it is to see your people with a desire in their hearts to meet with you. Uh, what a blessing it is to do that on this Christmas Eve. And we just pray that you would speak to our hearts from your word tonight. Help us to see the the glorious things that are here, and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, we want to think about the Christmas story. Do we know the story? Yes, we know the story. Such an important song from last week's cantata, the choir's question and the young people's and, and children's response. And it's fitting that the children were the ones to respond to that question because it is those that are childlike that know the story and believe the story to the saving of their souls. It's those that are childish who know the story and yet refuse in their rebellion to believe it. But even though we know the story, Paul reminds us of the importance of being reminded of it. He wrote in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 that we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. Lest we should let them escape from our thinking. That's why we're looking at these verses Tonight. And as we think about the Lord's birth on this Christmas Eve, uh, what we want to do is see the connection to His resurrection. As we begin here in Luke chapter 2, we read in verse 9 that a single angel came upon these shepherds. And what we see as this angel comes is that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. That's a reference to the external appearance of this angel. And the external appearance of this angel was such that the glory of the Lord shone round about these shepherds. Even though it was night, We don't know what time of night that it was. Perhaps it was the darkest time of the night, midnight. Now, there's an interesting connection that we want to see, and I want to ask you to do something tonight. I know um, that it's aggravating, um, but I'd like for you to keep your place here in Luke chapter 2 in such a way that you can uh, flip back to it, because we're going to be comparing um, scriptures. And I'd like for you to turn over to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Because we want to compare and see the contrast these two passages of scriptures, uh, scripture have that deal with the events at the Lord's birth and the event at his resurrection. I believe that we'll see a connection between them. Look at Matthew chapter 28 and verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Now notice what we read about this angel in verse 3. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. Now what we read in verse 3 is extra information, if you will. It's extra information that the Spirit of God gives us. He didn't have to. He could have left verse 3 out of uh, of chapter 28 and done no harm to the account. The angel of the Lord descending from heaven. Imagine you're one of the guards and the angel of the Lord descends from heaven and rolls back this massive stone from the door of the tomb And then sits upon it. Seeing that would have been enough, I believe, to produce the kind of fear in in the hearts of these keepers that we read about in verse 4. But the Lord wanted wanted us to know something about the countenance of this angel. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. I was reading something that's really interesting. And that is that the light from a lightning bolt is equal to the amount of illumination that is produced by approximately 100 million light bulbs. Now, I don't know who figured that out, but it's very interesting to think about. 100 million light bulbs. Think of how bright that is. It's bright enough to light up the night sky. We've seen that in our own lives. Uh, During the summer when there's thunderstorms and it's dark and there's a a flash of lightning and the whole sky lights up. The countenance of this angel was like lightning, like a hundred million light bulbs. And then think about it. That light is enhanced It's multiplied even more by the fact that this angel's raiment is white as snow. This passage comes to mind as a way of understanding the words in Luke 2 and verse 9. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. I believe the countenance of the angel in Luke 2 was like lightning and his raiment white as snow, and like a hundred million light bulbs that lit up the sky. And we notice that the reaction to the angel here in verse 4, And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men, is the same as the reaction in Luke chapter 2 and verse 9, if you want to look back over there. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 9, we have the keepers of the sheep. The keepers of the sheep. In Matthew chapter 28, we have the keepers of the grave. And both keepers were afraid. The shepherds were sore afraid. That language is very strong. It means to be struck with fear. It means to be seized with alarm, to be struck with terror. That's the reaction of these keepers here. They were so afraid that they shook. They were thrown into a tremor, and they shook in fear to the point that they became as dead men. But they weren't the only ones. These women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, were also sore afraid. And notice, if you will, if you look back at... at, um, Matthew chapter 28, you notice that these women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, were also afraid. They were also afraid. Notice the angel's first words to them in verse 5. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not. Fear not. The very first words that the angel spoke to the shepherds at the Lord's birth were fear not. The very first words that the angel spoke to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary at the Lord's resurrection were exactly the same words. Fear not. And so there is this similarity here between these two events. But that's not the end of the similarities. Look back again at Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Folks, is that not the message that the angel gives to these two women back in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 5, if you'll look at it. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Is that not Good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Acts 17 and verse 31 says, Whereof he hath hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. That is good tidings of great joy. And it's good tidings of great joy that are to all people. Now look back again to Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Here the angel is announcing the Lord's birth into this world. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 6, if you'll look back there, he is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Okay, so in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, the angel is announcing the Lord's birth into the world. Here in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 6, the angel is announcing the birth of the Lord Jesus from the dead. His birth from the dead. I'd like for you to turn over to Acts chapter 13. Don't don't lose your places that you've got. Uh, But look at Acts chapter 13, if you will. In this chapter, beginning in verse 16... We have Paul's sermon that he preached in the city of Antioch. And one of the subjects that stands out in that sermon is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 28, if you will. Paul says, And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead, and he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. Now notice what Paul says in verse 32. And we declare unto you glad. Tidings, we declare unto you glad tidings. What's Paul saying with with regard to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus? He's saying, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. We declare unto you glad tidings. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers... God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Paul tells us that those words in Psalm 2 and verse 7 They are a prophecy of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. And the wording is such that it is phrased as a birth, if you will. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And so the message of the angel in Luke 2 and verse 11, let's, let's turn back there. The message there in Luke 2 and verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's the announcement of the Lord's birth into the world. In Matthew 28 and verse 6, if you'll look there, He is not here, for He is risen as He said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. This is the announcement of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. In Luke 2, the angel announces his birth into the world. Here in Matthew 28, the angel announces his birth from the dead. And then while we're here, in verse 7, the angel tells the women where they will find the newly born from the dead Savior. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Now look at Luke uh, chapter 2 and notice that the angel tells the shepherds where they will find the newly born into the world Savior. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, Bethlehem. That's where you'll find him. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And and, um, verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now here's a very wonderful, we've been talking about these things that are similar, that, that are comparable to each other. Here's a very wonderful contrast. Here the angel tells the shepherds that they will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now look back at Matthew chapter 28 and verse 6, and notice that here the angel says, Come see the place where the Lord lay." Past tense. Present tense in Luke. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That's where he is right now. But here the angel says, come see the place where the Lord lay. Past tense. At his birth, the angel tells the shepherds they're going to find the Lord Jesus lying in a manger. At his resurrection, the angel tells the women they will not find him lying in the sepulchre. There's another contrast. In Luke 2, the angel says that the shepherds will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. In John chapter 20, uh, let's turn over there, if you will, without losing your two places. Um, Look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and look at verse 3. Peter, therefore, went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Notice that here it's the swaddling clothes that are lying. It's not the Lord Jesus lying in those swaddling clothes as he did at his birth. The swaddling clothes here are lying because he has risen from the dead. And he's left the swaddling grave clothes behind. In Luke chapter 2, let's look back there. In verse 15 we see the response of the shepherds to the message of the angel. Verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now look back at Matthew chapter 28. And notice the response of the women here to the message of the angel in verse 7. The angel says, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Just as at his birth, the angel told the shepherds where they would find the Lord Jesus. And here the angel tells the women where they will find the risen Lord. Behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. And there shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Verse 8. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Now we just read in Luke 2.16 that the shepherds had the same response. They came with haste. They came with haste and the women here departed quickly and they ran to bring his disciples' word of his resurrection. Now notice here in verse 9 that these women found it exactly as the angel said. The angel told them that he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. At his birth, the shepherds found it exactly as the angel said. They came with haste, Luke 2.16 tells us, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. We read that in chapter 2 and verse 16. But I want you to notice verse 17 of Luke chapter 2. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. At his birth, the shepherds made known, they made known abroad. They went all over the place telling what they had seen, telling what they had heard, what was told them concerning this child. Now look at, look at Matthew chapter 28 and verse 10. Then said Jesus unto them, unto the women, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Now, when they were going, that's the women, when they were going. And I'm going to stop right there. Because Luke is going to tell us what these women did as they were going. Look over at uh, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. In this chapter, we are reading about these two men, these two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus. And as they're walking, the Lord joins them. And he begins this conversation with them. And I want you to notice what they tell the Lord beginning in Luke chapter 24 and verse... 22, these two men say yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished which were early at the sepulcher. We, we We just read about them being early at the sepulcher back in Matthew chapter 28. And how the Lord told them to go and tell my disciples, and as they were going... As they were going, this is what they were doing. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying, saying, that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women Had said. Found it just exactly like they had said. At his birth. The shepherds made known abroad. The saying which was told them. Concerning the Lord's birth. Made known to them by the angel. At his resurrection. These women. Made known abroad the saying which was told them. Concerning the birth Of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. They were told that by the Lord himself. So it's interesting to me that we have all of these similarities between the birth of the Lord Jesus and his resurrection. These things, it's it's not a coincidence that it's like this. It's that way because that's why he came. That's why he came. He came to lay down his life that he might take it up again. That's resurrection. He came to lay down his life. That's Christmas. That he might take it up again. That's Easter. You see, you can't talk about Christmas without talking about Easter, they're inseparably related. And we need to ever, ever, as we celebrate the Savior by celebrating his birth, his birth into this world to give his life and shed his blood for our sins, we need to ever celebrate his birth, his coming into the world, and his birth, from the, from the grave. Is God raised him from the dead. And God raised him from the dead. Because God's justice was satisfied. By the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. His justice was satisfied by the justifier. The justifier. The Lord Jesus Christ. That is the message of Christmas and the message of Easter. And, and they're connected here. We can't draw a literal line, but in our minds we can draw a line from Luke chapter 2 to Matthew chapter 28. The things that happen in Luke chapter 2, the things that happen in, in, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 28 that are so similar to each other. They're there to draw our hearts from the manger to Calvary to the empty grave. What a Savior we have. What a message that we have to give to this world. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you at this Christmas season that our thoughts not only go to the manger, but our thoughts are drawn the cross and we thank you that our thoughts are drawn to the empty tomb we thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ was willing to humble himself and become obedient unto death even the death of the cross and because he offered the one sacrifice for sins forever because the price was paid with his own precious blood. And because you were satisfied with that sacrifice, you raised him from the dead. And we thank you that when we put our faith and trust in him, he is born in our hearts, and we are raised from the dead of our trespasses and sins. We thank you for the message of salvation. We pray that it would permeate our thoughts at this very special time of year. And every day, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: 289 will be our closing song tonight. 289 as we stand together and sing. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for the opportunity to have been here today. What a great blessing it has been to hear your word taught in spirit and in truth. We're so grateful for the understanding that you've given us about our Savior. We do know the story. The story has been told so many times in this place, and we're so grateful that that story is true. It's not just a story, it's a fact. And we pray, Father, tonight that if there's anyone that has gathered themselves with us, that they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Father, we do pray that you would show them their need before it's eternally too late. What a joy would it be to have the Savior born in their hearts on Christmas Day or the day before. You tell us in your word that today is the day of salvation Pray, that, Father, that they would not put it off anymore. We thank you for each person that's here tonight. We ask you, Father, that you might dismiss us with your blessings. Help us to keep Christ in first in all that we do as we depart these doors.